Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short daily Bible study, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day, but even that short period of time keeps us in God's Word, and since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, it helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith, but it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God to stay strong in that relationship, to have a better mindset, to be able to deal with life every day. And life throws a lot at us. Help people in your life. You know some, probably some within your own family who need to change their thinking. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God. Share these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everyone you can. We're looking at five pictures of hope laid out for us in the scriptures. Now we spent some time looking at the very first one, and that is the idea that hope is light. Well, imagine if we're in the darkness, in the middle of the night, we're lost, we're looking for direction. Maybe we're stuck out in the woods someplace, or maybe our car broke down and we're going along the road and, and we're out in the country and there are no street lights out there. Maybe it's a cloudy night and so the moon and the, and the stars are not shining through and it is dark. But then somewhere up ahead of us, we see a light. Maybe it's the light in the window of a business or a gas station, or maybe it's the light in somebody's home. But that gives us hope. Hope is light as portrayed in the scriptures. The scriptures tell us, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Psalm 119 and verse 105. God's word offers that light of hope, that light of hope. The next picture of hope that we want to look at is the idea that hope is a nail. And some places it's talked about as a peg, but we can understand what is a peg. It can be understood as a nail as well. You think about what Ezra, when we read Ezra chapter 9 and verse 8, We read this, and now for a little while, grace has been shown from our Lord, uh, from the Lord our God, to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in his holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. Well, that's a message of hope. And notice what it says, to give us a peg in his holy place something secure, nailed down, so to speak. We also look at Isaiah chapter 22. We read verses 20 through 23. Then it shall be in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and strengthen him with your belt. I will commit your responsibility into his hand. He shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. I will fasten him as a peg in a secure place and he will become a glorious throne to his father's house. 
Again, that peg, nailing something in place. And both of those scripture texts portray hope, portray hope. Now, I want to also suggest to you and try to help you remember the image. When Jesus came as our Savior, he brought a message of hope, the gospel of hope. It's referred to in Scripture. When we're talking about hope as it is laid out in Scripture, we're not talking about, I hope this happens, or I hope that happens, or I hope I can get my way here or get my way there, or I hope something doesn't happen. Those are desires. In some cases, they're really wild wishes, unrealistic dreams and expectations. But when we're talking about hope as laid out for us in the scriptures, we're talking about a desire, yes, but it is a desire that is coupled with an expectation of its fulfillment. Not just a wish that it'll happen, but the expectation that it will be fulfilled because it is hope given to us by God. And what does Titus chapter 1 say? God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Well, so that hope that he offers us, if we will come to him his way for the fulfillment of that hope, it's a sure thing. God sent his son into this world to bring what we call the gospel message of forgiveness and salvation and redemption through Jesus Christ. Now, it is also referred to as a message, as the gospel of hope, because it brings us the hope, not just a wild wish again, not just an unrealistic dream, but it it brings us, it, it gives us communicates to us a message of real hope, hope through Jesus Christ, hope of forgiveness, hope of salvation. It's a realistic hope. And so how did Jesus, what did he have to do in order to bring into fruition the ultimate hope that that gospel message gives us. He went to the cross, didn't he? Why did he go to the cross? He went to the cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, the sins of all mankind for all time. When we look at the book of Hebrews, it is repetitive in laying this out for us that that's exactly what Jesus did. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, We see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Jesus tasted death for everyone. So that means for you and me as well. He was that ultimate one-time-for-all-time sacrifice that God offered on the behalf of sinful mankind. In Hebrews 7 and verse 27, speaking of Jesus, who does not need daily as those high priests, the high priests of Old Testament times, to offer up sacrifices for himself, or or, or first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, for this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Of course, he was sinless 
sinless. And he offered up himself for our sins. In the ninth chapter of Hebrews, verse 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. In Hebrews 10 and verse 10, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Over and over again, the Hebrews writer brings this out, that Jesus died on that cross to bear the guilt of our sins. The Apostle Paul put it this way in graphic terms or imagery. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, For he that is God made him, that is Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus did not become sinful hanging on that cross. He was sinless, never committed sin. Hebrews chapter 4 in the last few verses talk to us about that. So does the apostle Peter. But he bore our sins. He took all of the sins of all mankind for all time on his physical body as he hung on that cross and gave his life as the perfect, pure, one-time-for-all-time sacrifice. Now, how did Jesus hang on that cross? What are we talking about? What image of hope, what picture of hope are we talking about in this particular section of our study? Hope is a nail. Jesus had nails driven through his hands and his feet to fasten him to that cross whereon he died to give us the hope of forgiveness and redemption from the guilt of our sins and thereby salvation and eternal life with him in heaven. Those nails, we look at them today and we would think how barbaric how horrible, how torturous were those nails. But those nails driven through the hands and the feet of our Savior, we could think of them as nails that brought us hope because they fastened him to that cross whereon God offered him as that perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice, whereon he bore the guilt of our sins, all that we have ever committed, any sins in which we might be, or of which we might be guilty right now, and any sins that we might commit in the future, making mistakes, stubbing our toe along the way, his blood shed on that cross, the blood, part of that which came out from his body through those nails being forced through his hands and his feet. That blood was shed for us. That blood is that through which we can be cleansed of the guilt of our sins. That blood is what we contact as we are buried with him in baptism 
for the remission of our sins. Those nails, as horrible as we would think they were, to be driven through his hands and his feet, they were nails that in essence were nails of hope. They nailed him to that cross to give us the hope of salvation in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much, loving us so much that you sent your son to that cross, his knowing ahead of time what was going to happen, and that you allowed him to be nailed to that cross, whereupon he would die an agonizing death. But you did that, and he did that for us to give us the hope of forgiveness and redemption and salvation and eternal life. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for giving us that hope. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.